podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine morning? Hey, oh, happy uh, Wednesday morning. I don't know what day it is anymore. That's what the holidays and New Year will do to you. Uh, but from Timmy and I, we we both hope that all you listeners had a wonderful Merry Christmas and an awesome New Year. And uh, let me be the first to say, if no one has yet to you, happy 2024. Yes. Never thought this year would come, but here we are. A very, very happy 2024 to all of you. We are we are sorry to have, have missed you for a little bit. We we both had a holiday travel and, and things going on, so we've we've missed a couple big moments in the in the 49ers season we are, are are obviously going to catch you up on all of it going to talk about the most recent game against the commanders first i have a hunch we'll we'll spend more time when we jump back to chat about the ravens game on christmas day because that was a bit more significant for what the 49ers have coming down the stretch and then we'll we'll briefly touch on the the coming game of the 49ers season against the Rams for the season finale but probably not that much because that game does not matter because the 49ers have locked up the one seed after winning against the Commanders and the Eagles decided to lose to the Cardinals for us so very thankful to Kyler Murray and the Cardinals for helping the 49ers sew up the one seed so expecting a lot of rest for for the team this weekend but yeah Daniel how you feeling being the the official one seed the road to the Super Bowl runs through San Francisco this year feels good that it's finally true I know we all thought this was coming um maybe we didn't at a time because the Eagles were rolling so much uh to begin the season and then they kind of got the blues that we had for the three weeks and so it it has been all over the place uh in some regard but of late it has been Niners all the way we are 12 and 4 and the Eagles are uh, 11 and 5 as well as the Dallas Cowboys and just as an update if you aren't keeping up with the NF uh, NFC standings the Cowboys are ahead of the Eagles because they are uh 8 and 3 in conference and Eagles are 7 and 4 they're each 4 and 1 in their division but the Cowboys are just ahead of the Eagles so if one loses and one wins this week that will decide for them who wins the division the Lions have clinched their division, um, and then the NFC South is fighting for the division, but I'm not too worried about any of those teams. So it's looking pretty set. We, we can get a good picture of what playoff matchups are going to look like, and it is incredible and feels good that it runs through, the NFC runs through San Francisco, and what that means is we get home games every single matchup except for the Super Bowl. Uh, Timmy, where's the Super Bowl? Why can't I remember? The Super Bowl is in Las Vegas this year, Daniel. It is. Where but, w- Was it at SoFi last year? 
It was at SoFi two years ago. Last two year, years ago. I believe it was. I feel like I'm drawing I a don't blank. Know. I, it was Arizona last year. I, okay, I don't know how you remember this. I, don't, I barely care about where the Super Bowl is, I guess, other than I remember how many every years ago it was now. It was in Tampa when the Bucks were playing, right? Yes, yes. You had the, the Bucks winning in Tampa. You had the Rams winning in Los Angeles. And hopefully you have the 49ers winning. Yeah, that's so winning cool when a, that happens. Yeah, very, very fun. Hopefully you have the 49ers winning when it's back at Levi's in a couple of years. But I think, Daniel, to, to talk about your point of did we expect the 49ers to get the one seed? And for the first half of the season, I think the answer was no. We started out hot, but then you have that three-team skid, and you have Philadelphia looking kind of unbeatable for a while. They just continued to win no matter what happened. You had Dallas right on their heels. You had Detroit putting together a really, really solid season. And then Philly has just kind of fallen apart capped off with this loss to the Cardinals where to the point where really no one is taking them seriously as a as a postseason threat I think they're talented enough you have to but they are not the team they were last year Dallas has a couple couple losses I'm more scared of Dallas than of Philly but I have a hard time taking Dallas seriously because the 49ers have just humiliated them in the playoffs the past couple of seasons and then you have Detroit. Should we who, remind you of the Ezekiel Elliott block just for fun? <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott's final play for the Dallas Cowboys where he lined up at center and got flattened by the 49ers. What a moment. This sounds like a silly question. This sounds like a silly question, but I mean this with all seriousness. Do you think he loses sleep at night thinking about that play? Probably not, but whoever designed it I hope it not. Like, I don't wish that. <laughs> yeah, I don't wish that upon him. But I'm and very then curious. Also connected to the Cowboys, you had the the Detroit Lions in a position where we really thought they would be pushing for the one seed, and they they would have had they won their game on Saturday. But the uh, the refs, with a incredible display of incompetence, handed that one over to over to Dallas. Not even a not even a judgment call, just a a game operation error. People are are furious, and I think Lions fans have every right to be, but it did shake out in the 49ers' favor by meaning that we can lose this weekend and still have the one seed, which means we will be able to rest our starters against the Rams. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. We'll get into this, but there, I've, I've got some health concerns about the team, but I'm, I'm much less concerned because of these basically three, two and a half, three weeks of rest that these guys are going to get. Yeah, it's great. The one thing, and we'll we'll talk more on this as we get closer to that. The one thing that does worry me a little bit is that is is that too much rest? Is that much? You know, the bye week is awesome, but it does potentially take us out of a rhythm, take us out of game day rhythm. And so, I don't want to rest too many starters or all the starters against the Rams because then we already have a bye. So, part of me is hoping that they do start. And they play the first quarter, and they're done. Whatever, whatever it truly looks like. But um, we'll we'll get more into that just after this. Yeah, no, I I agree. Definitely a an interesting conundrum that we we should break down. I'm not particularly worried about it for this team, just because. The 49ers are a team of professionals this year. These are guys who have just been getting business done for multiple years now for most of them. So I, I kind of think they're going to be able to work through that. But we will we will have to see what 
happens there. But yeah, let's let's dive into this game against the Commanders. Uh, Daniel, what did you think after the first half of this game? Because I kind of thought, shoot, they might lose this, won't they, <laughs> for most of the first half because we just did not distance ourselves from the Commanders in the way we expected and in, in the way I think we, we should have. So I don't know. How are you feeling after after the first half here? I mean, when like you you originally said first quarter and they were winning ten zero at the end of the first quarter, um, took a little bit to get down there, but made a field goal, and then uh, loved loved this pass passing touchdown to Debo Samuel. Um, that is a very classic Niners play, Niners touchdown, and so end of the first quarter we're up ten zero. Uh, commanders come back, same thing. They get a field goal and they get a touchdown. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, decided to show up. I know he is potentially, uh, he's not one of the most underrated receivers in the league. I'm trying to think of the right word. He is the most probably underutilized. Uh, that's a, that is the exact word that I was trying to figure out how to pronounce <laughs> in my brain. Yeah, just a guy who's Thank you. who's so talented and does not get the opportunities he should and clearly is pretty dissatisfied with his situation. Yeah, in poor guy. Washington. I mean, for years and years, uh, has, has at least of late, has never had a consistent quarterback. I mean, he's had Sam Howell all year, but he hasn't had a guy to work with for season after season. But... I'm a full Sam Howell believer. I know uh, he got he was benched and then brought back because Jacoby Brissett couldn't go. I think Sam Howell's great. I think he can really throw the ball. I think it's not a true Jameis Winston situation where he can throw a lot of touchdowns but a lot of interceptions as well. But the Commanders' O line stinks, and that's that's what we saw here in this game. Um, he did not get much help at all. He was only sacked one time. But he had a a lot of pressures on him. He has been sacked the most by any other quarterback in the league. But, as I said, Scary Terry got that touchdown. It's tied 10-10. The Niners finish the uh, the first half with a field goal. It's it's 13-10. So I'm I'm with you where I'm like, hey, this is the Washington Commanders. They're in the bottom 10, bottom 15 easily of teams in the league. Why aren't we winning by much more already? And then third quarter starts, and Elijah Mitchell gets his touchdown. It's 20-10. to 10. Uh, And then fourth quarter, I mean, Brandon Ayuk's touchdown really put it away. Obviously, that was the finishing score there, but there was still nine, just over nine minutes left. And so there's still time for them to come back and whatnot. They they did not. But, again, I, you know, it's I'm curious – and I feel like I say this every single episode we do, but these are the moments where, man, I wish we could be in the locker room and talking with players. And I watch oh, their, their press conferences. Yeah, but I, I uh, watched their press conferences after, and I didn't really get any clarity to this. But coming off of a tough loss against Baltimore and then coming out here and a win is a win, and they beat the Commanders, 27-10 was the final. But it... It wasn't the statement game that I nor I bet the players wanted after a tough game against the Ravens, um, and they didn't quite address that in their uh, press conferences after the game. But a win is a win, and there's not much else to it. This seemed to be, I know McCaffrey went out with his 
uh, calf injury. He de- he did get 14 attempts in before that. Elijah Mitchell finished the game with 17 attempts, getting 80 yards and a touchdown. A very classic game from Brock Purdy, not throwing the ball too much, 28 times for 22 completions. He did That's throw it percentage. enough to, to do one thing, though, Daniel. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm, surp- I'm surprised we didn't kick it off with that. Yeah, Brock Br- Purdy, go ahead. Brock Purdy is, as Daniel started to say, and I'll, I'll finish his sentence because we're <laughs> just that good. Uh, Brock Purdy Sandwiches. is now the owner of the 49ers single season passing yards record. And I know most people are like, well, that probably doesn't mean that much. Who previously had the record? It's not like, you know, Joe Montana and Steve Young, two of the best quarterbacks ever played for the 49ers and and were guys he had to beat out. And Purdy did this on significantly less attempts than any of these other guys. And he did it in 16 games. Like, you can't even look at the 17th game. Purdy, in his first fully healthy season... Through for the most passing yards in the history of one of the NFL's most celebrated and most historically quarterback-rich teams. How incredible is that? This guy, I, I have fully gone from Brock Purdy is just a guy who's in a good system to Brock Purdy might be one of the five, four, three best quarterbacks in the NFL. I am all in on this guy. I, yeah, I, I cannot express how impressive I think this Purdy season has been I think you should still be making the MVP case although I think he did lose it for himself against Baltimore but I think there's a strong case to be made that he is the league MVP but what what Purdy has done this year should be considered one of the most impressive things any NFL player has ever done I think like I think you could argue if this is on the realm of Brady, even if the 49ers don't win a Super Bowl, this is on the realm of Brady winning a Super Bowl when he came in as the starter. That is how unlikely what Purdy has done coming in as Mr. Irrelevant and and coming out as the passing yard lead, single season leader for one of the league's best teams. And I, I don't want to hear the, oh, he plays for Kyle Shanahan stuff. He does, but so did many other quarterbacks and none of them did this. So I, I just think Purdy yeah. is is the real deal, and I'm I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah, I like to have the him. I like the point you made, of course, that he did it in 16 games, and so there is no uh, no one can have any qualms with this now 17 game season. So I love that, and he passed Jeff Garcia, Steve Young, Joe Montana, some of these quarterbacks that throw the ball so often, and have also had incredible receivers like he does, and incredible coaches like they did, and Brock does. So it's not just a one-off, as you said. And so it's so impressive that he's able to do that in his first full season of being the starting quarterback and first full season in general. And, yeah, I mean, you made a comment about the MVP case. I still think it's him. I do believe Lamar Jackson is going to win it. I think that is incorrect. Most people would say I'm biased as a 49ers fan. But to have the season that Brock has had, and to have the game that he did against Baltimore and still be leading the NFL in quarterback rating speaks a lot to me. So uh, I think that that is incredibly cool. Congratulations to Brock Purdy. And as Timmy said, you have now joined the Brock Party train. And we'll have uh, block parties on Brock Street all summer long. So yeah, incredible feat that he had accomplished in a 
Against the Commanders, he had a 124.7 quarterback rating, two touchdowns, no interceptions, played a clean game, and a good a good game around the 49ers offense and the defense on both sides. So trying to see if there's any big highlights on the defense. Uh, Traverius Ward and Diamondor Lenore both got interceptions. Um Lenore had two pass deflections. Bosa had a pass deflection in there, along with another Traverius Ward. But that, I think the one last thing I'll note is the difference the difference in time of possession and total yards. Out of the hour-long game, the Niners had the ball on offense 38 minutes and 13 seconds, as opposed to the Commanders 21 minutes and 47 seconds. That 16, 17 minutes is that is huge. That is a whole quarter more that the Niners had the ball. The Niners had 408 total yards of offense, and the Commanders had a measly 225. So that's pretty great. I'm going to go with that's a good win. Yeah. Anything no, I, else for you on that for you, Timmy? No, I agree. It was, a, it was a good win. I think health is the thing you have to look at. You obviously had McCaffrey going out with a calf strain. Uh, Shanahan said right after or the next day after the MRI, yeah, he's going to be good. He's going to be back by week by the playoffs, which will be the divisional round because the 49ers, I don't know if you heard, have the one seed in the first round by, but McCaffrey will be back. You had Trent Williams out, I believe. Oh no, did Trent Williams play? I'm I am messing with my mind, but I I don't think he played. But against the Commanders? Yeah, or did he? Oh, I sure thought he did, and now, now of course you're making me second no, guess. I think, wow, we look pretty bad not knowing that. I think I'm, I'm just drawing a blank. I mean, he said after the the Ravens game he would he would be back. Let me let me double check real quick on that. But you you have health concerns. Corner Ambry Thomas gonna go in for surgery. I think he he already has gone in for surgery by today. How, uh, they say he'll be back. He he's also on the should be should be fully back. Uh, train, which which should be good. The 49ers O-line did play one of its best games in a while. Trent Williams did play, so I'm crazy. Um, I was going to say, I feel like we would always know if he didn't play. Yeah, that's that's my fault. I do not expect Trent Williams to play next week. That would be dumb, in my opinion. Uh, for the same reason, I'm not sure I expect Brock Purdy to play next week, although there's been talk about the 49ers... Uh, potentially playing some of the starters for a bit just to, to keep everybody fresh. But I, I can't see any value in putting Trent out there. The guy is a is a veteran, and as we saw against the Ravens, and maybe this is a good time to transition, we are a different team without him. So I don't know why you would risk him in a game that doesn't matter at all for us. But, yeah, Daniel, any any closing thoughts on the commanders other than you know me making up propaganda here about Trent Williams? I mean, making up propaganda. No, I th- I think we've covered just about everything on that game. Um, I think I was saying earlier how it might not have been the 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 best response to a tough loss against the Baltimore, and I, I want to take a little bit of that back as I think it was a great response in the department of it was a very clean game. Uh, Brock did not throw for any interceptions, and I think that that is something to not be overlooked, that he responded and played a clean game. Um, and we will take that every time. So I'll add that in there. Now, 
are we going back to and quickly reviewing the Ravens game? What did you want to do here? Yeah, I think we we need to talk on a more on a less enthusiastic note about that Christmas Day Ravens game. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know 49ers lost to the Ravens. Uh, Brock Purdy, four interceptions. Obviously, the Ravens, one seed in the AFC, most likely Super Bowl matchup, according to the odds makers, is 49ers-Ravens. However, the 49ers are the Super Bowl favorite right now. Don't let anybody tell you different. The sports books are leaning San Francisco's way, but you have this matchup that is the most likely Super Bowl scenario. Obviously, it haunts all of us from 10-ish years ago in the good old Harbaugh days. And you have the 49ers losing. Speaking of Harbaugh days. Yeah, it's, a, it's been a Harbaugh week. You got Jim uh, going to the championship and John locking up the one seed. Big. But mother must be proud. <laughs> oh, their parents were, were very excited. They interviewed them after the game. You got Jim potentially coming back to the NFL sideline. As long as he's not in the NFC West, I'm for it. But... I uh yes you 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 look at this game it's obviously we talked about going in it's the game of the season we're so excited all football fans are excited and the Ravens kind of beat the 49ers pretty seem didn't seem like they tried that hard I mean you have four interceptions from Brock Purdy and and just not a very good Niners game Lamar just picking apart the 49ers defense probably the the play that'll be seared in my memory until the 49ers play Lamar and the Ravens again, is just that ridiculous scramble he had where he ran for like 35 yards without even breaking a sweat. Lamar Jackson cementing his MVP case over Purdy in that game, and the Ravens coming away with a with a big win. So so it was disappointing. Uh, Daniel, I'm, I'm curious your initial reaction, and then I kind of want to dive into, I'll, I'll give you a spoiler alert, why I'm actually not that worried about it and what it means for the 49ers going forward. Yeah, I I never like making excuses, but I think those four interceptions speak for themselves if you watch the game. Uh, the first one, total interception, no no debates. But the next two were, were tipped. One was bounced off George Kittle's shoulder very high into the air for Kyle Hamilton to come down with. And then uh, the last one, Brock's arm was hit as he throws, and that's never a good thing to see. It is very worrisome after his surgery, um, and it changes the trajectory of the ball. And so you can make uh, accusations of, well, she got it out sooner so it didn't get hit, all these things, whatever. But what I love to see, and as, I'm, as I talked about it just a second ago and I'm thinking of it more and more, coming off of a game with such unfortunate things like those interceptions, and then he played a clean game against the Commanders, great, very different team, but love the different outcome. But the thing that I guess worried me about that game is in those 60 minutes, the Niners' inability to respond to that kind of bad luck adversity type deal where, yeah, that first interception, not great. We've Brock's thrown picks before. We can come back. He's human. That happens. But then those two tips where it became two and three interceptions, that was tough. And we were on our backs trying to – trying to roll over and climb back up this game. And then that fourth one was was extremely tough as well, and no touchdowns on top of those. Very Just very tough game. And what it would have made me not bat an eye is if I saw the Niners be able to fight back even with 
all those things taking place. Now, there just wasn't enough time. They didn't get the ball back quickly enough, and the defense, I think, was put on notice. I wouldn't say for any particular reason or person necessarily. It was just an incredible Ravens offense led by an incredible quarterback, Lamar Jackson, cooking up the field. And his ability to run and scramble is near to impossible to fully stop. And so I think that is what we saw, and that is why this game felt like such a butt-whooping was because of that. And I think the Niners will be studying up big time, as they already have been, for if and when they play the Ravens again in a very important game. And so I'm not worried. As we've talked about already, these guys have been taking care of business and treating football as business massively this year. And so, you know, we're going to learn from those mistakes, and I think they already have, and I think we're going to see the fruit of that uh, very soon. But... That, that's really my thoughts on it. I don't think there's too much else to say on the Ravens game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, kudos to them. They, they got us. But um, I when I am coaching my high school teams, I and, you know, uh, high school schedule, you usually play a team twice. If we're going to lose one of the games, I love to lose the first one because yeah. a lot of the time the, the players will come in thinking they can beat them again. But then my team is is hungry and ready to win that second time, and I I can only imagine how uh, how much the Niners have that in in a, in a much bigger scale. So that, those are my thoughts on the Ravens game moving forward. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm I'm with you. I think I think I was less negatively impacted by it as as you were. I think four interceptions from Purdy. Two tipped, one he threw, he was hit as he threw, one was a terrible interception. Um, by the end of the game, you know, three of our starting offensive linemen were out. You had a right guard playing right tackle and a right tackle playing left tackle. And, and still, despite all of that, even with Sam Darnold kind of in at the end, the 49ers had a bit of a last-minute surge, and I, I couldn't help but wondering, hey, if Brock was out there, could we be winning this game? And I think the answer was potentially like I don't even know that the game was fully out of our hands based on that little bit of a surge we had and if you have Trent and 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 Brock out there I feel real good so I'm with you I, I'll I'll take on the Ravens again I I want them I'll I'll, I'll see them in the Super Bowl I'll, I'll avenge the the one we should have won 10 years ago and yeah I'm I don't think it means that much I mean when you have three starting offensive linemen out I don't think you can take much away from the game but what I'm taking away is, hey, three starting offensive linemen were out and Brock Purdy was down, and the 49ers still kind of looked like they might make it competitive. So that's that's really my takeaway from that game. I don't know, Daniel. Am I too optimistic? I, I know I can be. Uh, no, I would not say too optimistic, but um, I, found a, I, found a, I found a stat by one of your favorite guys, Mr. David Lombardi. Oh, my and it's talking guy. about talking about Brock Purdy breaking the record and uh, he threw for 4,280 yards on 444 attempts as you said uh, Jeff Garcia who held the record in 2000 threw for 4,278 yards on 561 attempts so yards per attempt Jeff Garcia's average was 7.6 because he threw the ball a heck ton 561 is a lot Brock Purdy's average was 9.6. Uh, coming in with the second stat is that 
Uh, since merger in 2000, Kurt Warner was at 9.9 yards per attempt, but over just 11 games and 347 attempts. Um, even going back way, way early, well, not that much earlier than this stat, but earlier than now, Chris Chandler was at 9.6 yards per attempt over 327 attempts. But for the all-time leaders over 400 attempts, Brock Purdy is the leader at 9.6. Guy under him, Matt Ryan, 9.3 in 2016. And then 2011, Aaron Rodgers, 9.2. So just another fun fact, fun stat to help pad Brock Purdy's MVP case, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I... I agree. I think there is a Brock Purdy MVP case. I unfortunately don't think the the NFL agrees. It's just hard to get it's past. Wrong. Yeah, I agree. It's just hard to get past the two MVP front runners, Lamar and and Brock Purdy, playing each other in a game and one absolutely dominating and the other throwing four interceptions. I think as much as I want to write it off and as much as I think you can and as much as I would argue you probably should, I just don't think you can look past that. So I I think it'll probably be Lamar because I'm not even sure I expect either guy to play this weekend. So I'm I'm expecting a Lamar Jackson MVP, but I hopefully Brock Purdy can make another run next year. Okay, I can't remember when do the NFL awards come out before or after the Super Bowl. I think it's usually like the week of the Super Bowl. Okay, I was going to say, I couldn't truly remember. And I know the playoffs do not affect those awards. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because I don't believe that at all. But if Brock Purdy just so happened to beat the Ravens in the Super Bowl, I think that that could factor into that. Now, no one will ever say that, but that is just my feel. So I'm bummed that it comes out before. Yeah, no, I am... uh... I am with you. Let's take let's take this last little bit that we got to jump forward to the Rams and preview that. Anything else that we have that we want to get to or have time for, or we want to spend the rest on this Rams game. Yeah, nothing I'm particularly worried about here. I think I think let's talk Rams. I'm I'm trying to think if there's any other big health concerns. We we haven't mentioned Jason Verrett returning to the 49ers. He saw I want to say five snaps against the Ravens and gave up a touchdown, but Shanahan said after the plan was to get him four to eight snaps just to to get him back out there. I love Jason Verrett. I'm so excited he's back on the team. I hope he gets healthy. I hope he's out there. I hope he plays like he used to. He had no business being on the field on a goal line stand when he gave up that touchdown. Um, I think that was some poor coaching, but it'll be interesting to see kind of if we see Verrett out there this weekend because Ambry Thomas is down. The cornerback room is is obviously a little thin, so we'll be I'll be interested to see if he he gets some more time. I think it's a interesting decision between do you let him keep coming back from that Achilles or do you by letting him rest or do you give him some playing time? Jair Brown has missed a has missed a week. We signed Logan Ryan off the couch, played really really well in that safety position. I have not heard anything specific as when to expect Jair Brown back. I don't know if you've if you've heard anything anything there Daniel. I I have not. But No, I've got the injury list for both teams pulled up here, but there's really not much on it. 
Yeah. Especially for Jair Brown. Just just lists him as questionable. So yeah, this is so, as of yesterday. So today, I guess, we'll truly see when practice starts. But you've got guard Jalen Moore, receiver Jawan Jennings, tight end Ross Dwelly. Yeah, Jawan Jennings still, Brown. still working his way uh-huh. through the concussion protocol, which is a, a bummer yeah. both for the team and, and for the guy. A concussion that lingers this long is no fun. But hoping to get him back, obviously, his ability as a blocker and just the reliability that he's had for Purdy on third downs has been pretty important to this team. So I'd like to I'd like to see him back out there. I don't expect him to be out there, uh, even with Danny Gray on injured reserve. Um, I don't expect, obviously, Danny Gray's on injured reserve, so he won't be there. I don't expect uh, Juwan Jennings to be out there either just for the sake of not rushing him and uh, making sure that he is healthy before he gets out there. So th- this is this is where I think some of the starters could play longer is because you got Debo and Ayuk, but then no Jennings, no Danny Gray. So you got you got Ronnie Bell and Chris Conley, and Ray Ray McLeod is still in the IR. So you don't have a lot of receivers here. So maybe maybe Chris Conley and Ronnie Bell, or I know I saw Willie Sneed from, up from the practice squad of late, maybe those guys get to ball out on Sunday. Or maybe Ayuk and Debo play maybe more than we would like. I don't know. It's, um, a, really, it's a really tough decision for a coach, and it's one I'm glad I don't have to make, right? Because you look at a few things. You need to have somebody out there, so some of the starters have to play. But if they get injured, everyone thinks you're an idiot. And then if in three weeks they come out and and look really slow and rusty, everyone thinks you're an idiot for resting them. So there's just it is a it's kind of a lose lose situation for a coach unless it works out. So that's that's no fun and I don't envy Kyle Shanahan having to decide it. In my mind, I don't see obviously Christian McCaffrey won't play. I don't even know if Elijah Mitchell will play just because of how banged up he's been and how injury prone he has seemed to be. I bet we see a little Debo in Ayuk. Maybe we see a bit of Purdy, but it's kind of hard to put him out there if Trent Williams won't play, and I don't think we'll play Trent Williams. Kittle, I think you kind of just have to keep off the field. We've got a rookie tight end. We're trying to kind of get more get more game action anyway. So Another kind of historically injury-prone guy is really important. So on offense, I don't see those guys playing. I don't see Javon Hargrave playing as he battles his injury. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, another free agent signing of the 49ers. I bet he gets a lot of time out there as he continues to get acclimated to this system. Jair Brown, if he's healthy, I think you put him out there because he's a rookie and you want him to have as much as much game time as possible. Ambry Thomas will miss this week. Yeah, it's an interesting decision. I don't know, Daniel. Where do you lean on kind of the classic rest versus rust debate? Uh, I would say I am much more on the. Uh, I think it is rest is so important, but we also have the bye week, and so that's what worries me. And this, this is exactly what I said to start off our podcast: is it worries me that if if starters don't play at all. Like, I, I don't even want Brock Purdy to sit out this entire game uh, because not playing this game, not playing during the bye week, and then preparing for the first playoff game for the Niners, I mean, that is, as you said, a two-and-a-half-week absence of, of game-time football. And heading into a serious uh, playoff run, that's that's not the way to head into it, in my opinion. And so I would love to see all of the starters other than guys with injuries. Like if Trent Williams is not 100%, I don't want to see him on the field. 
I want them to rest and, and not make anything worse. I know McCaffrey, same thing. It's not 100%. Rest him, even with the bye week. But everybody who's feeling good and good to go, I want to see on the field at least for the first quarter or the first half. So they go through the same pregame repetitions, everything that they do. They get out there. They see game action. Okay, great. You know, we, we got that in. So it, it I think I just – you know, I haven't been there on an NFL field and for that pregame, of course, but I think it's got to feel so different mentally knowing I'm not playing and I am playing and ver- and then going to the bye week. It's got to feel so different, and so I don't want it to feel too different, but I do want them to be rested. So as you said, this is such a tough decision. Like the guys we already listed, Eric Armstead is the last one to talk about. Like I don't want to see Eric out there if he's not a 1,000%. Um, some of these other guys, if they're good to go, like let's let's get you out there even for the start of the game. Um, so that's my feel to it. I pulled up the the Rams injuries. They really have no significant injuries, but to be fully honest, I don't know much of their team. I know they got a lot of rookies on defense. Um, cornerback Sean Jolly is on injured reserve, so he won't be playing. Cornerback Trey Tomlinson is questionable, so they could have some secondary issues alongside the Niners. Uh, Alaric Jackson, offensive tackle is questionable. Jordan Fuller, safety, another secondary guy, uh, questionable. Tyler Higby, the only real name that I know is also questionable. He dislocated his shoulder in the win over the Giants on the, uh, the first, and He's questionable after dislocating his shoulder. I know you can pop it right back in, but that sounds painful. So those are the Rams injuries as well. So we'll we'll see what these starting lineups look like. Yeah, and it's um, an interesting conversation for the Rams as well, right? I believe they've clinched a playoff spot, but let me let me triple check that. But I believe they really are just looking right now if they want the sixth seed or the seventh seed and is that more important than than staying healthy? I kind of think they'll probably come come to win. I think they'll probably come and play to win. I don't know why you wouldn't, but yeah, right now they've I believe they've clinched a playoff spot. So they they're really just a question of if they are going to be the sixth seed or the seventh seed, and and so I'm not super sure who is is going to. Well, uh, who's going to play? I mean, maybe they rest their guys too, and this game becomes one of the most boring games we've ever seen. Or maybe they're like, hey, let's lock up that sixth seed. We don't want to have to play the the Cowboys, who I think have pretty much clinched the two seed at this point. And maybe they're like, the 49ers aren't going to play their starters. we got a lot of young guys. Let's play them. So I'll be interested to see what they do as well because it's kind of a meaningless game, but it has slightly more meaning for the Rams than it does for us. And it's just kind of funny that this game that historically has meant a lot between these two kind of rivals and the 49ers and the Rams means really nothing this time around. Yeah. So I was actually just talking about that with a Rams fan last night and I was almost bummed how meaningless this game is for these two rivals because I think it goes back and forth in my mind. Who's the biggest rival for the Niners, the Seahawks and the Rams. And I guess the rivalry Depends on most of the time, well, which one of those two is uh, more competition for the Niners. And this year, it's really neither. I think it was the Seahawks for a week or two. And now it's the Rams, who they've clinched a playoff spot. And so, they're I guess they're playing for seeding. 
in the as they're the wild card for which wild card matchup they'll get, and I'm sure they have their opinions and desires for who they want to play, but there's that's it. Like that's all there is to this game, and I think it would be amazing if the Niners won, even if they're not playing all of their starters against a Rams team that has not stacked up against them much at all this season. So that's that's my big hope is that we get bragging rights to say we're heading into the playoffs as a first seed and we get to hold this 12 and 4 record being 13 and 4. That would be awesome. I would love to see that. I don't want to see that fifth loss there, but I would understand that that last one is after we clinched the one seed. So it's a different a different feel to the record, but I w- I want to keep that record looking pretty polished. So I think that's the main thing on my mind heading into Sunday, whether that's a silly thing or not. I I think we know it is, but there's nothing real. I mean, it almost feels silly to say that there's really nothing else they're playing for there, other you know, other than good football. But not not the matchup that we're used to seeing when you and I were at both Rams games. You remember that one when that was a huge, huge yeah, season. You think about a couple them. a couple years ago when the Rams 49ers faced in week 18 and the last game of the season and it was you know 49ers had to win to make the playoffs an incredible battle you've got the game winning interception from Ambry Thomas the teams went on to see each other in the NFC championship just a very different game than it than it means now and yet both teams are are in the playoffs and you you have people who really think that the 49ers are a team or the Rams are a team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs. I personally don't think I, I, I don't believe that in the same way some people do, but the Rams are definitely a scary team. Obviously Sean McVay is probably the second or third best coach in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan's higher on the list, but he's done a great job with this team this season. But yeah, it doesn't matter this week. As fun as the this matchup could be between these two teams, it matters not at all this week. And even though I like to see exciting games, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, no, seriously. So, um, I guess the we can look at some of these players heading into. It's hard when we're not even truly aware of what like the Rams are are treating this like a normal game. You think, right? They're playing all their guys, even though they've clinched playoffs. I don't know. I'm I genuinely don't really know what they're going to do. It just depends what is going on. It's it's tough to truly tell. Um but I don't know. My my assumption is my assumption is that they will do uh start start the starters treat like a normal game and if they're winning a ton then uh, pull out and put B team in or C team in and same thing if they're losing a bunch um, or even just maybe they decide before the game no matter what at half it's starters done or at the end of the first quarter I don't because again they're not playing for much either they're already in the playoffs and they're going to play a team as they're going to be uh, probably the the second wild card and I think that's already like set in stone let me pull up the standings again just to be clear but the eagles or cowboys that's they're playing for number one wild card or number one in their division um not playing each other they're just playing uh their opponents but that is how it'll work out for them so the eagles are playing the giants and the cowboys are playing the commanders at the same time so that's funny they'll finish right at the same time and they'll figure out 
who gets the division and who gets the number one uh, uh, wild card. And so, yeah, the the Rams are nine and seven. The Bucks and Saints are eight and eight. So I guess you know the, the Rams. Oh no, they've clinched playoffs. So I guess that's just deciding if they're going to be the number one or two wild, or sorry, the two or three wild card, because the Packers are eight and eight. They're playing to get in, and the Saints and Bucks are playing for who wins the division. But also, I think playing to get in because the Seahawks are eight and eight. So the Rams are are I guess they've essentially clinched the number two wild card as well. Maybe there's a way where they can become the the third one. But I think we're just finding out more and more that this game is pretty uh, meaningless in terms of playoffs. I know. But... I almost I almost wish both teams could be like, hey, we'd rather just be healthy. But obviously, the NFL needs to sell a product to the TV networks. But wouldn't that yeah, be nice so, if it was just like, oh, hey, no, we're we're staying healthy. Yeah, like I, I expect, I don't know, I, I expect Stafford to start. I expect Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams. I expect all those guys to start. I, I'm not going to guess or guarantee about how much they play, but I expect all of those guys to start. Um, I expect, you know, Aaron Donald on the defensive side. I would expect them to bring out their defense if anything i would play their defense longer their starters longer than i would their offensive starters just yeah to get them. there's just so many young guys on the rams but what we're what we're kind of circling around is that this game this sunday is meaningless and the only thing that matters for the 49ers is staying healthy yeah it's this is one of the weirdest scenarios i've actually seen and i'm that's what i'm realizing as we've been discussing this is both teams have clinched and there's no way the Rams are getting the number one uh, wild card seed, and there's no way they're not in the playoffs. So there's a good chance they just get their seed right now, as the Niners do as well, or they're the third seed and they, I don't know, play a better, they would play the, I guess it's it's essentially, do they want to play the Cowboys or Eagles um, if they get the the third seed there? Or would they feel better playing whether it's the the Bucks or the Saints or the Lions? Because that's what it's gonna be. And that's I mean that that's all there is to it. That's all there is to this game. So it just feels so silly to say. I think you, you've come out and said that this game is meaningless, and I'm like, man, how is the last game of the season meaningless because of the example you gave where when we played the Rams, I think it was two seasons ago, that was everything. That was, do you win the division or are you a wild card team? And so going back to the same scenario, it's like, well, this is the opposite. So that's where we're at. We're ending the season with our, our last uh, looking ahead uh, regular season podcast saying that our game is meaningless. So very different feel than what we potentially thought we would be coming in here with. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's it's hard to it it it's hard to fathom it. It's just we were not expecting the 49ers to have I was not expecting the 49ers to have the one seed after halfway through this and to have it sewn up. It's just really it's really good news all around. And so very excited 
for the 49ers playoff run. We'll be back next week breaking down whatever happens on the Rams 49ers game. Hopefully what we say is, yep, nobody got hurt. And then we will do our 49ers regular season awards. So make sure to tune in for that. And yeah, Daniel, any, any kind of final thoughts for the listeners out there? Yeah, I'm excited to get into those awards, as you said, that we have coming up next week. Uh, we will be doing the classic, so we'll be giving our thoughts of who we think the Niners MVP is, the rookie of the year, with a couple other things in there, and maybe I'll think of a surprise award for Timmy that he doesn't even know about. Ooh. But fun episode to end the regular season, and then... Um, uh, we will use our bye week. Uh, during that week, we'll peek into the playoff matchup, whoever that will be. So we got some serious football coming up. So get, be excited for that. Yeah, exactly. Keep keep your eyes on the prize uh, and go 49ers. As always, thanks for tuning in. And stay safe out there. <laughs>